Thanks for listening to the Pioneer Valley Church podcast. Our hope is that what you hear encourages your faith in the way of Jesus and inspires you to participate in what God is up to in the world. God bless. All right, so we have spent two months discussing uh, this idea of for all and generational and cultural uh, integration, harmony, and uh, we've covered a lot of angles around that conversation. And, um, and today we have a really special angle we're gonna talk about. In Acts uh, 2, oops, I gotta turn my clicker on. In Acts 2, um, Peter says this, is in kind of landing his sermon of Acts 2 and all that he's talked about as he, as he turns over uh, the, the work of the Spirit to the relationships that are about to be, just start flourishing like crazy. He says this promise, this promise of the Holy Spirit, this promise of, of covenant relationship with God, this promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. This is God's vision for the church, uh, that it's parents uh, are, are baptizing their children and children are baptizing parents and fathers and mothers and sons and daughters and grandparents and grandchildren. And there's a generational discipleship that happens, a kingdom for all to participate in. And so family has always been at the center of God's vision from the very beginning of the, the biblical narrative. In Genesis 1, uh, we learn about the, the first family, right? Uh, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the, in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And so this is the first command for humanity uh, to grow a family. Uh, that a family that will partner with the triune God in spreading the garden across the earth. Uh, it would spread and reflect God back to all of creation. And uh, of course, we know the rest of the story, right? Uh, humanity has a funny way of not trusting God's narrative. And, uh, and quickly things go awry and we choose to write our own story and to define for ourselves the way forward. And, uh, and the family quickly comes into some trouble. But God continues to drive at this narrative of family and what family will mean. Um, and that someday salvation will come through family. Uh, in Genesis, whoops, I lost my slide there. Genesis, maybe I went too fast. Genesis 15, um, as, as God is working with Abram and beginning to, to call Abram and Sarah to this thing that he's going to do through their family, it says, he took Abram outside and said, look up at the sky, count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to them, so shall your offspring be. Abraham and Sarah are given a covenant promise with God. The promise is to bring about a new family on earth that will be a people unto God who will show the rest of the world what covenant relationship with Adonai looks like and be a welcome for all nations to participate in that. Salvation coming through a family. Of course, we know, again, uh, it doesn't go great for Abraham, right? Uh, and actually for Isaac and Jacob, the families are not perfect families. Uh, and even when we get to the kings, we start to see, we, there's some hope again because there's a man after God's own heart like David. And yet even in David's family, uh, it doesn't go great. Um, uh, it doesn't bring about the flourishing uh, that we had long hoped for uh, in, from the garden. And then comes Jesus. 
Jesus comes to us through a family. He's born to parents, raised in a family, surrounded by siblings and aunts and cousins and uncles. And, and then when he starts his ministry, he sees the future of the church not as a military, not as a royal nobility or, or a business or a government, but as a new kind of family. Mark, 34, Mark 3, uh, verse 34 says, Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him. This is Jesus looking at his followers. And he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. And so uh, the church is meant to be a family for all. And that means that we must learn from families how to be a family for all and, uh, and look to the families that are within our, our fellowship as living illustrations of what does it mean to be the family uh, that God has planned for humanity. So again, we have the uh, Magras and the Smith family here. Uh, we're so encouraged to have them. I'm going get, to get, turn it over to them in just a second here. And we're going we're gonna to ask them some questions and hear about their story and how did they come to be this and what are they learning from God in this beautiful journey. Uh, but God's vision is for family, a family of people who are not biologically related necessarily, uh, but also for families that are, are biologically related to be the, the, the agents, the, the transforming work of the Holy Spirit in the world. Uh, family is another way that God illustrates his goodness and his kingdom. Uh, it's revealed through relationships, uh, just like many other ways he does this, right? We see, as uh, Jonathan talked about, God's goodness in a parent relationship or uh, God's goodness and his kingdom revealed in singlehood and those who devote themselves unto the Lord. Uh, just to be clear before we get started, family in this way is not a promise of God. And, uh, and, and it's not an outcome of our faith or righteousness. Like it's not a set reward uh, for something we do. Uh, we don't get promised uh, to start families if we're single. Uh, we don't get promised to start families all the time, even if we get married. Uh, we, we don't get promised to have all our families become followers of Jesus either. Uh, we do get to have a new type of family, though. That's right. And if we're the only disciple of Jesus in our family, it's a new type of family. Uh, a generational discipleship is something that we all, as a church, get to benefit from by being in community with other families, though. Uh, and so we're inspired by, we gain vision and ideas, and we learn from the families in our church how to be better family members wherever we find ourselves in our family. Uh, and we participate in their story as they're a part of our community, and we get to be a part of their family <coughs> as well. And so today we're going to hear from them. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to Christian here to introduce uh, the lot of you, the all of you there. Yes, please. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you. So, um, so this is, uh, well, this is my family that I grew up in. Um, Chris, I'm, I'm Christian. This is my mom. Mike. My dad. On the mic so we can hear you. You, you can talk, Christian. Just introduce okay. oh, them all. Oh, I need to hold the mic. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> so this is my dad. This is, this is his sister, my auntie Cheryl, and my brother, Sheldon. There we go. And, uh, and to this side is, uh, this is my son, Caden, and my wife, Janae, and her parents, 
Carmen and Louis McGrath. Wow. And this is not all of you, right? There's, there's even is, more. Your there's more, daughter yeah. and you have family, other places in the country and a, a lot of family in the church. So, uh, Asia gracefully bowed out of this uh, process and, um, and I don't texted think we could me about it. Yeah. Um, but um, my, also we have my brothers, who my brother Clinton and my brother Verdon, who are also disciples, one in South Carolina and one in the Maryland area, and their wives, who are both disciples. Um, my aunt, his, well, his aunt Margaret, my sister-in-law, uh, Margaret and my sister-in-law, Kathy. So those are the, the four that are not here with us and Asia that's here as well. So they have to like rent a church facility for family reunions just to get together. Thanksgiving is fun. Yes, yeah, yeah. But what a beautiful, uh, beautiful thing. Okay, so just walk us through the beginnings. Who, who became a disciple first? Who was first baptized? Uh, maybe Christian, you could start on your side, and then Janae on your side. Who, who was baptized yeah, first? Yeah. Well, well, I like history and timelines. Okay. So, all right. So actually, the story started down there as far as who became. First okay. in the timeline, so I'm going to pass it. I was definitely not first in the timeline. I was rebellious, so I'm going to pass it to my mom or... Uh, our son, Clinton, which is in South Carolina, he, he was the first Baptist. Ah, okay. And um, then I became second when Jenny and I went to Atlanta, Georgia, when Clinton was um, in school. He was a disciple in Atlanta, Georgia, and we went to visit him for his graduation. That's where we first saw the church. And um, when I saw the church there and uh, saw how people were, they were so loving, they were so just loving up and hugging up and, you know, all the moochie-moochie. I was like, <laughs> I, I didn't know if they were for real or not because at the time we were in another church. We were going to a Pentecostal church back in the Virgin Islands. So when I saw that, I was like, mm, okay. So we stayed there for a week, and um, after seeing the way that these people were, I was like, we've never seen anything like this before. And it was like, something is different. And when I left there, I cried all the way back to the Virgin Islands on the plane, and I prayed, God, please send a church like this to St. Thomas. Mm. Two years later, disciples came to St. Thomas to start the church. And that's where we started studying the Bible, and we became disciples. I was first. He was second. Come on, Louis. What years? Uh, um, Clinton was uh, 1991. And we went to Atlanta in 1992. And 1994, the church came to St. Thomas. And <coughs> we got baptized in 1994, me in July and him in August. Wow. Wow. And, then she came yeah. and on, the, on our side, um, I did not. I saw the church, and I really was, I knew because I saw changes that happened in our family that there was something really different. And I knew it when we saw the church in Atlanta, too. But... I was um, in high school, and I didn't really want to start to pursue this at that time. I was getting ready to go to college, and I was like, this is great, but I want to experience life a little bit more. And we could probably talk about that later. But it was my brother and I, my other brother and I, that were still kind of like holding on, and we'd like talk about it. Like, oh, yeah, see them? That's... And then he got randomly met on the subway in Maryland, and then he became a disciple in Maryland. And I felt like he was a traitor. And 
He left me alone. Um, and then I became a disciple a couple of years later in 97. And so while all that was happening in 94 and through 97, um, I was going to UMass beginning in 95. And, um, and I did a whole year, well, I did a half a year there. And then at the midway through uh, my sophomore year, I got met um, in, the, in the dining commons, Worcester Dining Commons. Okay. And Kevin Miller reached out to me. Yeah. And, um, and that was in 96. That was February 96. And it didn't seem like, a, it, didn't seem like it was qu quick then, but... I went to church for the first time on February 8th or something like that, and I got baptized the 25th of February, um, and that was in 96, and then, and then uh, I was relentlessly pursuing my parents <laughs> in a very um, unorthodox or unrighteous way. Oh, okay. <laughs> But somehow God worked through that even, right? Somehow God showed up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rondi was there. They, I got baptized in the basement in a horse trough in Sunderland. Yeah, yeah. And my parents were there dressed up like we were going to like, some, like a church service. And we were in somebody's unfinished basement with a, you know, a light hanging down like this. And I was, got baptized in a horse trough. There you go. So that was probably very inspiring uh, for these two, for Don and Gwen. And you were like, we got to get into this. We got to get a part of this. Yeah. Well, they came to church that day at the Best Western. And then after my dad went to a study with me at the Sheridan. So they're probably like, this is a cult traveling from places to places. Yes. And of course, they're baptizing him in the basement yeah. in Sunderland. But, but, you know, they came the day I got baptized. I went to, they came to church. And then later at night, I got baptized. And the song was... Uh, I have decided to follow Jesus. And I came forward and looking at my parents, they were crying because I was going forward to get baptized. And so, so then, boy, what happened next, Dad? Does this work? Yeah. <coughs> oh, okay. Uh, is it on? No. Yeah, so, um, so to, make, to make it short, um, Christian was pursuing us, most definitely. Uh, but when, when things first, I think, broke was... Uh, uh, Gwen and I were coming back from a, a function uh, about 7.30, 7 o'clock, 7.30 in the evening. And Christian was, had come into town for church. And um, actually, back up, first time he didn't come to church with us in the Baptist church we're in, he said, well, I'm going to go to church up in Amherst. So do you mind if I just stay up there? So fine. We knew there was a Baptist church up there. So we just assumed that that's where he was going. <laughs> and so that happened a few times. And... Um, so this, this evening we come home and he's heading out the door with a Bible in his hand. This is a, was this a Saturday? Oh, this was a Sunday. Sunday. This Sunday. And, um, and so I said, casually said, so you're heading back up to, up to Amherst now? He said, no, I'm, I'm going down to the Sheridan to study the Bible. We're like, what? What are you talking about the Sheridan? You know, because Bible study is on Thursdays. So, uh, so I just started to get my tie off, so I snug it back up and went getting frantic. So I go down with Christian, and we get down there at the Sheridan, and we're sitting in, the, in that, that, that back area there. And I see these people, like, poking their heads over around the railing. I'm like, what's going on? So I met Kevin, and then Chip Miller came down. Chip and Ruby were leading the campus ministry back then. 
So he, he was uh, explaining about the church. So he said, uh, well, Mr. Smith, then how about instead of tell, keep talking about the church, how about you just sit in on this study with your son? So I said, fine. Went through the study, and when we were done, Chip asked me, he said, well, Mr. Smith, what do you think about the church? I didn't answer Chip. I just turned to Christian and said, Christian, I got a lot of questions about this church. <laughs> but you keep studying with them. Oh, that's, that, that's what I said, because yeah. I was that blown away. Uh, I was that blown away by it. And then, so, yeah, the first time we came to church, as soon as he walked in, the, in the, I think it was West Springfield, the Clarion or whatever it is. Yeah, Best Western, right. And um, so we could feel the difference, you know, and it was something special. But yes, and at that time, you used to get up and, and they would announce that you're going to get baptized. It was Christian and, and Dexter King. And uh, so, yeah, we were, we were both in tears, you know. And uh, so to moving forward, yeah, we were up at the, in the Cullen's basement. And yes, that was a trip. We're down there in this basement. We are dressed up like three-piece suit and all nine yards. And, and this, this young man... You know, with a ponytail and army jacket, you know, and I, I think a backpack says, well, I'm going to share about, about Christian. I'm, I'm, I say to myself, what, 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 what's he know about my son? And it turned out to be Chris Dillman, who's now, uh, you know, leads the church in Vegan and, and uh, Chris Dillman. So uh, anyway, so it, it was it was eye opening. And so then after that, um, we um, started studying. And uh, so I was studying with the. Uh, the prestigious uh, elder of our church, Tom Heaton, uh, and, uh, and Yogi Kennard. And uh, I must say they were very patient with me because I, I, I didn't come easily or quickly. Uh, I was still torn between my other church and what have you. And um, so finally, after a while, um, I got the message one Friday coming home from church, and I heard this voice say, it's time. No joke. This, I just heard this voice say, it's time. And so I uh, went forward, and, and, uh, and Gwen and I both got baptized uh, uh, the same day. Uh, that was May 5th, 1996. The, the two of us got baptized. Uh, myself at the Moses Auditorium and her in our backyard. And uh, so, um, you know, and the rest on that side is, is history. Um, one thing I will say about my son is his diligence. He wanted so much to share what he had learned in that short time from all of you that he went back and set up a meeting with the pastor of our church that we were, you know, at the time we were still there. And because he wanted to share what he was learning with the church. And, uh, and, and the, the pastor actually did uh, validate our beliefs and our practices, you know, but things didn't change. Anyway, so... So anyway, um, it's time. It's it's time. It's time. <laughs> I, I I just want to say right before when when Don got the mic, he said, "I'll keep this short," and then he just went for it. And and Sheldon laughed. He didn't laugh out loud. He kept it to himself, but he laughed. Uh, I don't know okay, how to keep Christian, it short. Christian, you play cleanup, man. Just finish up this part because we got to get to some other questions right. here. But yeah. So then my brother, he he uh, he he took his time. He took his time, and uh, and he and he got baptized. When when was it? Twenty ten. Twenty ten. And then uh, and then my aunt um, was down in Virginia, and um, and was down there for a while. She actually went there when I went 
to school first in Virginia, mm -hmm. same year, 94, mm -hmm. and I was down there for a while mm -hmm. and connected with the church and mm -hmm. got baptized. Yes, I was um, with the Hampton Rose Church of Christ with Ed Anton and Deb Anton, and um, mm -hmm. my family came down after they became disciples also when I yeah. was there, and they would go to church uh, diligently no matter where it was, they didn't know where it was, but they're out the door trying to find it. And sometimes I go with them and sometimes I didn't. Um, but most times they got me to go with them. And um, finally one weekend, well, our auntie passed away, my dad's sister. And my dad came down and Chris came down for the service. And um, they brought me to this church. And as I heard Carmen say, it was so loving and so inviting and not judgmental. You didn't feel any judgment at all. And um, at the end of the service, um, my dad and Chris and I were sitting together, and he jumps up and he's gone. I'm like, where? I, I think I told the story before. Where'd he go? Mm -hmm. You know, he's out in the crowd with everybody like he's at home. Mm -hmm. You know, it's his brothers and sisters in Christ. Little did I know then, but he was at home. And um, I felt a difference, and, yeah. and the people were so welcoming. and. Um, I wasn't willing at the time, but I knew <laughs> once I gave my word, I need to keep it. And a sister named Kendra um, worked m with me. Yes, a sister named Judy and, and all, a lot of sisters back there were very supportive and helped me through my baptism. And I got baptized on June 30th, 2018. Christian, Gwen, Chris, all of them came down for my baptism. It was amazing. Um, the day I made Jesus Lord, yes, we were at the beach. That's why you came. <laughs> but it was awesome. And thank you yeah. for um, allowing yeah. me. And then Kaden the got baptized last Mother's Day, 2022. Wow. Yes. All right. Well, we have some questions for your beautiful family, and, um, and I'll let you guys determine. We, we probably won't all be able to answer every question, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, but we do want to hear how, I mean, this is a, what a beautiful transformation of a family. Like, wow, to see how God, I mean, through different states and, and then, the, and then obviously somewhere in that whole journey, uh, Christian and Janae got married and then even the family grew even bigger, right? And so, um, when you think about your family and your family's story and, you know, uh, your family's origin story even. What, what are some ways that you've seen God and his spirit work through this, uh, this generational discipleship to bring uh, a new definition of family and healing maybe or transformation of what family, uh, what family means? <coughs> yeah, please, Janae, go for it. So that's a little bit, um, that's emotional for me just because um, it's everything. Like there's so many times when I'm sitting at like our Thanksgivings or something, my brothers try to come up every other year and when we're sitting at this really large table and I'm looking at it, I only feel but by the grace of God because our family was, our origin story is a messy, messy, messy origin story. Um, our family life was not always, I mean my parents were loving, kind, um, people, but even in their own histories of their own experiences, the traumas, the life that they had experienced previously, you know, the Bible is real when it says that, you know, you'll feel those things for generations, right, to the third and fourth generation. Um, it's hard to break those cycles, um, but 
So there was a lot. There's a lot of arguing in our home, a lot of tension, a lot of stress. We're a blended family. That brings its own level of complexities. Um, and really, I mean, my parents were on the, what's really amazing about the church getting planted when it did is that they were like on the verge of splitting again, my parents, and there had been splits in our family before this. And so the church planting when it came, came at the time that it really saved, I think, their marriage. Um, and then seeing that transformation was really what spoke to me. It was like, this is the truth because only God could do this. It was that miraculous to see it. And for it to start with my brother, who was the least spiritual of like our entire family, it's just the irony of God. But for me, that's what it means. Like it's the hope that something could change, that we could, that I'd be sitting here with my mom and dad. Like there was a lot of times there was so much tension here. I don't know that we would have been like a family that would have sat with my brothers, that we would have all been connected in the way that we are. Um, so I'm humbled by it, and, um, and it helps us to break the generations because I don't know what that would look like, right. what marriage would look like for me, um, what family would look like, what Caden would have gotten to witness versus what he witnesses now, which is like, I am always telling him, like, it's a gift. How about from the, uh, how about from the Smith side? What's, what's transformed in your, in your family through this? this process. So I'm going to make this quick. <laughs> Don did not laugh at that one, so we'll see. We'll see what that means. <laughs> so, so if we're talking about transformations? Yeah, what's changed? Um, I know I have, mm. yep. <laughs> and it took a very long time for that, as Christian spoke on. Um, so you've heard a bit of our, our backstory, like Je like Janae said, you know, our family was pretty similar, it was a loving household, but so many issues, um, you know, behind those closed doors, and um, and. As, as things progressed, Christian went away and things, things changed. I guess this is, this is, he's my older brother, if, if nobody understands that. People ask sometimes. Uh, Christian's two years older than me, so he went off to school and I stayed. Um, so, you know, he was gone and I had the opportunity to kind of see uh, the changes in my parents mm. over time because he was away at school. and. Um, and through the church, it, it, was, it was just different for me, so I didn't jump on right away. And I went to school and then just kind of had my distance, my doubts, my questions. Uh, but as far as like the, the transformation within them, I was still, actually I was just not really, and, it's, it is, and it, for anybody who feels like that, I just, I was not good enough hmm. because they were always better. Um, so opposed to aspiring to that, um, I just stayed in my place for hmm. a long time. Hmm. Um, but, but then and still, it took a very long time. I grew up in the church and knew that uh, we had this, this slogan or motto, 
I don't know what they called it, but the family that prays together stays together. Mm-hmm. And um, even though I felt like I didn't necessarily belong at the time, um, I had children uh, who unfortunately can't be here today. Um, but I knew they needed to go. Mm. So bringing them um, to be with the good people. And, um, <laughs> and, and to be honest, um, I, I know uh, a lot of ways on how I was. I'm not going to share about Christian when we were younger. But I, I saw a transformation in my kids. Yeah. Mm. And I saw the differences in them opposed to uh, their peers. Mm. And, and it really was them that kind of really like softened my heart. Um, because I knew I, need, I had a responsibility to them as, as their dad to present them to God. Mm-hmm. And bringing them, <laughs> and some of you would know, like I would bring them, sign them in the church, and leave. Um, <laughs> maybe come back in time to pick them up, maybe be late and get scolded. Man, I'm still messing up, I'm not good. Uh, but anyhow, it, it was a transformation yeah. in them and singing with them and growing with them. So like mm. everybody that knows me knows like my kids were really the gift that, that God gave me to, to bring God closer to me when I wanted to stay away. Yeah. Mm. Um, and in, in turn, we're, we still have our issues, of course, but we're a uh, happy, faithful family. So. Amen. Amen. Thanks for sharing that. So what, next question is, what, what, uh, like in what ways have you learned about God's character through, like what, where has God showed himself and his character through this story, through this intergenerational discipleship happening? Uh, I think I can go for that one. Okay, all right. Okay. So I think, all right, here, let me talk into the mic. Uh, let me think, uh, I think that God has shown his character through pretty much everybody here. Not even pretty much, everybody here. I've seen God's character through all of them. I think for my parents, I think it's the fact that I've been put in this church. I've been able to be here, be connected to all of you guys, um, and to just, yeah, have a connection to God, be able to be connected with God. Um, I think for my grandparents, it's, um, you know, just seeing them and their heart to serve and their heart to be here and worship and, uh, you know, every, every Sunday be up here and be here early enough for the, the pre-meeting right there and to be here and ready to serve. And for my grandparents, just um, how spiritual they are in, in their homes, um, the dedication they gave us, uh, you know, after school, taking us like three days a week back to their house, watching us. We broke their closet doors, well. broke their front door, and they it's still invited us back it's the a lot next of grace day. There, so, yeah. uh, seeing that, and then even in my aunt and uncle over there, um, I think just, just seeing it in, for um, Uncle Sheldon, I think just how he's been able to have a, have a place where he can host us and allow us to come in and just all be able to connect with each other and to provide us an area where we're all just connected as one family. I think that that's been great. And I think for Auntie Cheryl, I mean, she hasn't been here as long, um, but just for her to be here and 
her heart to want to like, especially for me in Asia, just to be able to um, do everything she can do, connect with us and get stuff for us and make sure that we're good. I think just that's how I see God's character in everybody here. So, yeah. Man, thank you for sharing that. Um, okay, last, last question. Um, wh- how can we, as a church, as a congregation, what, what are you learning about the family of believers and what Jesus' vision for family is through your family uh, that, that we can learn, that we can learn from you and with you? As far as the first part, um, as far as the church uh, family, uh, the diversity alone and the love throughout the diversity has brought me to a different place with people I work with, people Mm. that I meet in public, people Mm. that I serve at work. And it's made a difference in my life not to be so narrow-minded and focused on just my culture. Yeah, amen. Everyone is important. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. I just think for for us, um, when we became disciples in the Virgin Islands, um, it's a little small island. We were locked away, you know, a very small congregation. But we used to come here and visit. And um, people here connected with us. And I um, remember us being part of small Bible talks when we first visited and everything. And everybody was so, so kind of remember the Kingans. They were one of the couples that were so welcoming and took us in their home and, you know, mm. treated us really nice. But uh, Carol and James Bright, they were the couple that really embraced us. And um, they became our best friends. They, we used to disciple every week. We would um, Skype. There was Skype back then, not Zoom. So we used to Skype every Thursday. And they really just took us in and embraced us. And that meant so much to us before we even moved here. Because the church in St. Thomas was struggling. And we needed the encouragement. And they were the encouragement for us, along with uh, a lot of other people here. But they were really the ones that embraced us and made us feel so welcome even when we visited here. Amen. Yeah, well, I, I just think um, based off of even what, what my aunt and mom just said, um, just that there is such diversity of people here. And, and so everyone has someone that they can minister to, no matter what age you are or... You know, we, we have all ages, all, all different walks of life. And, and my family has definitely benefited from, from that. Back when I was in college, I knew that I can't study with my parents. I can't relate to them. But, but the Heatons or the Tynes, like, they could connect with them. And so I think, I think um, yeah, that's what we, we all bring because we all have a a call to to reach out to people and minister to people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you never know who you're ministering to. You know, it's it's somebody's brother, sister, that's aunt, right. grandmother. It's that's it's right. it's somebody's and uh, and that makes a difference for their family. That's right. So 
Well, guys, thank you so much for being willing to share your story and your family with us. I know uh, so many people are, know your story, but it's just cool to see yeah. Yeah, the visual of what God has done in your family. And, uh, and if you're visiting, I want you to know you're, you're being invited into a family. Um, and, and actually, their family is not unique in that we have many families within our fellowship of multi-generational disciples. And, um, and, and we have people who just love being in the family of believers and, uh, and want to be part of your family and want to invite you into this family. Uh, and if you are a, a baptized you know, disciple follower of Jesus who <coughs> pledged their allegiance to Jesus, I want you to, re- to remind you that you are part of a family. And, uh, and to grab a hold of stories like this and to imagine yourself participating in these ways as well. Acts 2.39, as we wrap up uh, this series, this promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And so we look to families uh, within the church so that we can learn to be more like the family of Christ, to call us to be for all. Amen. Love you guys. Thank you guys.